0: Yeah. this is
1: The Relevant Podcast. It's episode 1050. Hey, look at that. Nice even number. And it's a Relevant Podcast. Here in Orlando, I'm your host, Cameron Strang. And joining me from Loverland, Virginia, it's Jesse Carey. hello. Hello. From Nashville, Tennessee, downtown Emily Brown. Hey, y'all. And for the last time, we are missing Derek and Jamie. They are both off on assignment, but we do have assurances from both of them. They will be back in the podcast saddle next episode. We miss them, um, and we're excited to have them back. But we have a great show in store for you today. To celebrate our 1050th episode, which is a nice round number, we have none other than one of our heroes, Beth Moore, joins us later on the show. Uh, we also have a new game at the end of the show called That's Debatable. Do you like the inflection on that? Or it could be that's debatable. I don't know. There's a lot no, of ways you no, can deliver. The first debatable. one for sure. Yeah. That's debatable. Yeah, there you go. That's coming up later. You don't want to miss it. And, a- and after that, after, the- after that's debatable, stay tuned. I have something I need to tell y'all. That's all I'm going to tell you. Just stay tuned. Just just give me 30 seconds. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Ho- hold on. We're recording the podcast. Right now. Are you eating beef jerky?
2: <laughs> I am. I am. I've I'm on a, I'm on a kick right now. Okay. Like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big snack food. Beef guy. jerky. Long-time I have listen- never
1: in my life had beef jerky. You're eating beef jerky.
2: Now, now, now listen here. Here's the thing. I'm a long time snack aficionado. Yes. Long time listeners. know, And yes, I lean, <laughs> I've, I've long leaned sweet. Okay, but um, candy. You know, I'm trying to make. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm trying to make you know some healthier
3: decisions. And when you buy, okay, I'm gonna hold beef jerky. I'm gonna
2: hold a bag up. (laughs) Hold on, one sec.
3: (laughs) I don't think I've ever heard anyone say that the healthy option was beef jerky. First off,
2: you you. First off, you you both sound very incredulous. It's (laughs) just beef jerky. It It
3: smells so gross. I've never had it. (laughs)
2: I, I, I can't see how you're saying it, it's unhealthy. Literally, it smells like dog
3: food. Me. Why would I eat could it? You I explain feed that stuff to my dog. it is healthy? From what I know of it, there's, there's other things we could be eating if we're trying to be healthy. The preservatives
1: alone would be so much <laughs> sodium it's, that it's, I, it's, I could preserve myself. Right. I would mummify myself by eating beef jerky.
2: I don't know how the process works, okay? <laughs> All I'm saying is it seems to be limited to about one ingredient. And that is salt and beef beef. Occasionally, <laughs> if you get the teriyaki, they get a little, they get, you know, <laughs> occasionally they, they're reaping, they're, they, they're reaching deep into the spice cabinet and just throwing it in the bag and see what you come out <laughs> with. Now, here's the thing. I want to hold up this bag of beef jerky I have here. Okay. Mm-hmm. You will see it's from, from walk. <laughs> you can tell him I'm a real connoisseur because this is from Walgreens. Mm-hmm. Um, but don't worry, Cameron. It says no nitrates or nitrates added. Why do you need both? On the bag, okay. If it has no nitrates, why would I assume you're adding any? Didn't you just establish there are none? Why do you put none added? That's very confusing. That's a confusing message. But I ignored that because I saw the size of this. Jesse,
1: that's the the rough cut beef jerky, not the sticks, not the slim jims. It's like the the natural looking stuff. And I'm telling you, I have a bag of dog treats that looks exactly like that, and I give it to my dog. I thought that's what it
3: was for a second. Yeah.
1: I thought it was dog treats hey, when you held it up.
3: Hey, well, let
2: me ask you this. Is your dog pretty healthy? Does your dog <laughs> yes. run around all day? Yep.
1: Have any much. health
3: problems? <laughs>
2: nope. Or does your dog seem pretty healthy and happy? Okay. Charles Barkley dog is continue. happy
1: and healthy. Yep.
2: Yeah. And, he's, and, he's, and he seems to be getting up in years and doing just fine. Okay? Just fine. Yep. Now, now, I was holding this up to the camera, but you couldn't see proximity. Approximately, how big is this bag for Size the Size of your head. Because Size of your head. Show. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Emily, th- th- you would say this bag is about yeah. the size of, of a human man's head. A human yes. face, yeah. Okay. The serving size has three servings per container. I ate a whole bag of this the other day. Okay. <laughs> okay. Almost. And, and the problem is it's just sitting there and you're just snacking on it. Okay. All right. I feel the, the question I found myself asking later that day was, is it bad to eat the entire bag throughout the course of a day? Like you know, I'm not supplementing meals, but it's certainly you know tacking back down the hunger. This seems like an enormous bag of beef jerky, but I plow through an entire one in a single day, and honestly, I might plow through this one by the end of this podcast. <laughs> am I'm I not, am I in the wrong here?
1: I'm not worried about yeah, your I'm not worried about your protein or your calories. What's the sodium percentage of the daily allowance on the back?
2: Uh, sodium. It's uh, you know. Per it's, serving. It's high. It, per serving. Uh uh, per per serving. Well, let me say this because actually, here's the other confusing thing, guys. I feel like this is important to establish oh, in nice. this conversation. You'll notice that the that the nutritional information on the back, which I'm holding up to the camera, has two columns, which I've never seen before. One column is serving size, which they say are three. But for some reason they have oh, another column which is container. entire bag.
1: Because they know people are gonna that, eat the whole bag that they, is sitting. They,
2: they know they, they know other people are in my shoes. Yeah. Okay, now, so if p- I were to eat the entire bag, yeah. which I did yesterday, it is sixty-three yeah. percent of my daily I guess it says sixty three percent. Yeah, that's daily. Than I
1: thought it would be. I thought it would be like six thousand percent of your daily sodium. <laughs> so
2: thank you. All because right. I was reminded as I was partaking in this, I was in high school. I I uh I was I don't wanna I don't want to get too gross for people. So hit the, hit the skip fast forward button three times if you don't want to hear the story. I had a buddy in high school. We weren't big gamers, but one of them had one of those like fun, like it was before you're playing Call of Duty online, you do like LAN parties or whatever, where you hook all your computers up and you play for hours. And yeah, of course, you're going to be snacking, right? Usually a mm-hmm. bit bowl bold Doritos. Well, my buddy, we, we, all the snacks were tapped out and he grabbed a brick of cheddar cheese out of, out of the cabinet. Mm -hmm. And he was taking off slices of the brick of cheese, just slice by slice, over the course of playing video games, right? Mm -hmm. He looked down at some point, the entire brick of cheese was gone. He had, slice by slice, over the course of a few games, eaten the entire brick of cheese in one setting. Who hasn't? It had, huh?
1: Who among us hasn't,
2: though? I have not. It had catastrophic, catastrophic gastrointestinal (laughs) results. Do you know how hard it is? To digest an entire brick of cheese in one setting?
0: I can imagine it's not easy. He
2: had had to get some medical assistance to uh, have have that decision pass through, uh, uh, through natural means. I'm getting really, I don't, I've had no negative consequences for the beef jerky. Are we just sitting on like a really great diet trend here that just tell people to eat beef jerky all day? It's curbing my appetite. How much is too much? That's that's my thing.
1: I think Liver King uh, would advocate for your beef jerky. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, his things seem to be working all right for him. Less I heard, right? There's no new news on Liver King, right?
1: <laughs> well, after it turned out he was shooting up steroids. He, I think people... Yeah, on. he
2: was defrauding people and shooting up steroids. What could go wrong with my strategy here? I don't know. I'm just I'm just on a kick right now, and I make no apologies for it. So I encourage everyone.
1: Well, enjoy your dog treats. Uh, you should shop at uh, Petco or PetSmart. They have a three-for-one going on right now. With uh, Honestly? Yeah. Yeah.
2: I've seen the Walmart. I've seen the Walgreens prices of beef jerky lately. Mm-hmm. I think I'd be losing money on that deal. I think the dog <laughs> beef jerky is probably more expensive, higher grade than what I'm eating. Charles, <laughs> Draw, your dog Charles barley probably has higher end treats than I do. Oh, I'm those they sure, all man. organic and oh yeah, you know, yeah three for one. Right I can't tell d- you know this is this was in the sweat pant aisle. Okay, this was like of Walgreens, like where you buy like batteries. And a, and slippers if you need them, <laughs> you know maybe like a greeting card. It's
1: if right. you if you end up popping into Petco to satisfy your jerky addiction, do sign up for their Pet Rewards program because it'll get you a ten percent discount on your jerky purchases. So just FYI, you know you can you can uh, take advantage.
2: Well, I, I got I got some coops for Walgreens, so yeah, I'll see, I'll <laughs> let you know if they can help
1: that. <laughs> all right, stay tuned. Up next, it's slices.
3: Don't understand let make it work Pretending like the pain doesn't hurt The pain doesn't hurt Two
1: Hotel Ugly. That's what they. That was my high school nickname. The song is Fish Man, M A A N, <laughs> Fish Man from Hotel Ugly. Season four of The Chosen is in theaters now, and the reviews that count are in.
3: Amazing, did not disappoint.
1: Flurry of emotions. It was powerful, heartbreaking,
2: uplifting.
3: You have got to come and see it. It is a message for everybody. I highly recommend that you come out and see The Chosen Season 4.
1: Episodes 1 through 3 of The Chosen Season 4 are in theaters till February 14th. So visit TheChosenRiseUp.com and get your tickets now. That's TheChosenRiseUp.com for tickets today. It's time for... Slices.
2: All right, what do you have, Jesse? All right, I actually have... I have an old-school old, old school twofer today. Sweet. Um, one is a quick development about Neuralink, which... With Technology, I'm very fascinated in. Uh, for, for the little, you know, uh, uh, context for people who are not familiar, it is a company owned by Elon Musk, who I'll keep my commentary about him personally to the side and talk about the innovation. He's just, it just, become such a controversial figure. Did I feel like what he I
1: did to eat. his employee on Twitter this week his, so bad. I did, it was horrible. I
2: did, horrible. Well, I also heard, yeah, well, again. I feel like that's again. If you, if you guys want to discuss, his, <laughs> yeah, unrelated, unrelated. All right, yeah, all yeah. Right, his character and character flaws. I feel like that's a you know valid. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say we should do a whole spinoff episode. Yeah. Um, but uh, Neuralink, it looks like the uh, the human testing is going to be delayed for a significant amount of time because the FDA raised numerous concerns about the safety of testing this technology in people now. Um, I though remains pretty bullish on the technology despite this setback and, and I know it's getting a lot of like negative headlines lately but if this is something that could eventually make its way into into the market you know it could I think people have heard like oh yeah you can listen to music just in your own mind or you can scroll the internet but this this could potentially have profound right. um, uh, implications for people that are dealing with different neurological diseases even even if diseases aren't you know, p- you know, purely neurological. I'm not just talking about like releasing serotonin or or mimicking the effects of like antidepressants or or, or drugs that um, you know uh, uh, have a way of like manipulating brain chemistry. You know, we're talking about healing paralysis or blindness or really serious conditions through electrical you know electrical impulses and kind of awakening parts of the brain or. Um, you know, making sure that you know if if you know certain receptors aren't receiving the right synapses, that through electrical currents they can be uh, fixed. Now, uh, do again- you
1: do you remember when we first heard about this a few years ago, and it was like? Get a chip implanted in your brain so you can listen to music in your head and stuff. And like, you can read the internet in your head. And we were like freaking out about, you know, like get a chip implanted to, you know, be connected to the internet at all times. This is crazy. Da, 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 da. Like we, like that was the discussion at the time because we knew so little about it. And then when we found out pretty much in the last year, like... The actual application of this technology is largely to fix, as you just said, fix paralysis, fix blindness, fix major medical things. This is an unbelievable advancement in science. Like, like this is life-changing. All of a sudden, the pursuit of it totally changes. And it's not just Neuralink pursuing this technology. There's actually a lot yeah. of companies that are, like, in the race for this. But anyway.
2: And, 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 I, and I still think Neuralink, despite... You know his recent uh, <laughs> uh, public uh, behaviors. Um, I still think you know Elon Musk is just someone who can force a product to the market quicker. Uh, I would I would I would not be surprised if we see this sooner rather than later. I mean, you know, like I said, say what you will about him personally, but he normalizes you know things like electric cars, which before Tesla, it looked like. You know, this carrot that was always dangling out in front of the mule, right? It looked like we were never going to get there. All of a sudden, they're here. He's landing rockets vertically, reusing them, doing things that it seemed like would never actually hit, you know, consumer levels of of technology. I think it's very likely. But this comes as uh, researchers at Johns Hopkins University have released the findings of of some of their new studies into uh, what they are calling biocomputers. Now, Uh, What they're essentially what they're working on is almost like a reverse Neuralink where a Neuralink implants computers into your brain to enhance your brain function. This would use brain tissue cells in computers to enhance computer function. Um, And they're already kind of starting preliminary tests with this, though, real, real application for it is probably years away. But what they're doing is they're using brain tissues um, to kind of create. You know, to say like half machine, half human probably isn't accurate because probably not half and half, but essentially using brain tissue uh, to enhance the functionality of supercomputers, uh, but also kind of creating artificial parts of an organ to better understand brain function. So, um, you know, there there's kind of two potential... Or, or several potential uses. One is that they can do tests on how the brain operates to better understand it because they're kind of creating these artificial mini-brains in a lab. But they could also utilize how brain how the brain actually processes information to make uh, like computers uh, much more uh, efficient. So um, this is an example they gave in an immediate release about the research. They said, Frontier, the latest supercomputer in Kentucky is a $600 million, 68-square-foot installation. Only in June of last year, it exceeded uh, for the first time the computational capacity of a single human brain, but using millions uh, of times more energy. Mm-hmm. Long story short, it takes a tremendous amount of energy, space, and design, and expense to build a computer that replicates brain function or can operate at the same level of the human brain. If you can actually just create a, your own version of a brain that is operating a computer using biotech, so the, the combination of biology and technology, you know, you could replicate that theoretically for much, much more efficiently and much cheaper. Obviously, there are ethical concerns, but what I felt like one of the most interesting things about this media release is that they've actually hired bioethicists and are embedding members of the public within the team to make sure there aren't common sense red flags that need to be addressed from an ethical standpoint. But all I think both are really cool developments that could have awesome implications for humanity as long as the ethics kind of get kept in check.
1: It's Science is, things are going to change very rapidly in our lifetime. <laughs> like in yeah. the next year or two. Yeah. It's crazy. Like even crazy. as you were
3: talking about that. Yeah it was like, this sounds all like a sci-fi movie, but it's like, no, you're describing, you're not describing the plot of a movie. Like you're describing real life. No. Which is crazy.
1: Yeah. I think, yeah. I think they were doing, I, we, we reported about this on the, uh, at Relo the other day. Uh, I, I, I thought they were using skin cells for the, the bio computations, well, not brain cells. Well, what,
2: what I read is, is, is brain tissue cells. It was brain so tissue I guess cells? like, okay. Yeah. Um, but but I either way, it they 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 need like I think the ethical concern of like man, are they just gonna like cut up humans and take the brains I mean they need Enough they need the amount of cells that could fit like on the head of a pen. Head of a pin. That's right. Able, I, I yeah. wanted people
1: to be clear about that. It's not like they're gonna have brain farms or they're gonna be harvesting yeah, right. babies or something like that. It's nothing like that. It's literally a microscopic amount of human tissue yeah, exactly. can do the computations of a warehouse full of uh supercomputers. Yeah. It's yeah. I mean, it's amazing when you think about God's design. I mean, it's amazing what he's what he created, yeah. you know, versus what man has been able to create. Anyway. All right. What do you have, Emily?
3: Um, I want to talk about Billie Eilish, um, you know, a little Gen Z queen. Uh, she recently was on the Conan O'Brien needs a friend podcast and she talked about why she decided to delete social media. Um, she's not the first celebrity to do this a lot, do this pretty frequently. Um, but I thought she had a really interesting, uh, explanation you know for why she did it. Do it?
1: You know who should do it? Haley Bieber and her Ooh, Mean Girl we posse. I cannot
3: get into that because you know I, I will. Play. I'll have a spin okay. off of the <laughs> Haley Bieber, Selena drama. Yeah. Uh, if you want more information, you can DM me. I have like a text that I've explained. To I people. know
1: about uh, way too much pop <laughs> drama because I work with Emily, downtown Emily Brown. So just, and you're FYI. welcome. I'm a middle aged man. I'm a middle aged man, fully versed on. Pop drama, and I feel very weird about it. Well, okay, anyway, we're talk, and like, I have opinions we'll about, about it, it too.
3: <laughs> As you should, this I shouldn't it.
1: have opinions about this. I do, though. Uh, all right, go ahead. Sorry, sorry to interrupt.
3: Um, Billy, I yeah, so Selena, we Selena,
1: oh, Belina, Selena, Selena. Yeah,
3: sorry, Billy, uh, back Billy, to Billy. She deleted social media, um, because she was just seeing so much of herself online, and it was really freaking her out. Just like these pictures and like opinions of her. Um, And she said, what really kind of led her to do this is she watched this like whole YouTube video. Someone had made about her called Billie Eilish is a horrible person. And it was just someone kind of picking out all these like interviews and rumored fan interactions, like proving that she's this horrible person. And she said she started to believe it that like their proof was convincing her that she was a horrible person. And, you know, afterwards she kind of stepped back and was like, well, no, I'm not a horrible person. Like that was one person's opinion of me and like just because I saw something online I know that that doesn't mean it's true but she was like it just the internet was making me so gullible and making me think these like terrible thoughts about myself Um, and obviously she's a celebrity there's gonna be a lot of people talking about her but I think I don't know it was just interesting to hear her get like really into the nitty gritty of it because I think a lot of people especially young people they can easily see something about them online, you know, just some comment or something like that. And it really can be easy to convince yourself that you are this like terrible person or some like negative thing about you. Um, and it's just yeah, a good or reminder. Or you're not pretty that.
1: enough or you don't measure enough, measure right. up yeah. or, you know, whatever. Yeah.
3: Right. And it's just a good reminder that just because it's online does not mean it is true. Um, and so I just thought it was interesting. So and she's so you, young. And
1: are, are you advocating for, Uh, here's the thing about this. It's like the pendulum swinging, you know, you're completely online or you're completely offline. I've deleted all social media. It's like, okay, so do we have to live like monks for the rest of our life? Is that real life in 2023? I mean, like, like what's the, what's the balance, balance? you know, like how do we live in a, with moderation? How do we live a healthy balance? Where's the, where does the pendulum find its media? I don't know. Like I, it's, I, I yeah. admire her talking about this cause it's an important mm-hmm. conversation, but I don't know that the answer for every 21 year old in America is to delete all social media from your phone. You know?
2: Yeah. Part of it too, is like, you know, the permanency of decisions like that. Like, look, Hey, if you feel like you're in a in a phase where you want to remove an app or two, remove an app or two. Or hey, if you if you feel like it's something you you want back on your phone, maybe you're traveling and 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 that's how you kind of unwind. I don't think it has to be an all or nothing. I think there, I think it, you know, because that was it it was a trend for a while to people like deleting Facebook forever, you know, hand piece emoji. And then like two weeks later, all of a sudden they're just kind of back and you know, didn't really acknowledge it. I look, I, I don't think, I think, I think it just a more cultural awareness of when to take a break from something and when you can kind of welcome it back in your life in a, in a balanced way without kind of having to make an all or nothing decision, mm-hmm. you know, is, is, is a big part of it, you know, it's like beef jerky. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, sometimes you start uh, developing strange physical side effects and you just know, maybe take a day or two off of the on the jerky train, you know.
1: Yeah, but the beef jerky doesn't give you, at the extreme, suicidal thoughts. You know that social media could to some people at the extreme, and it doesn't. You know, I mean, like there's not bullying involved with beef jerky. There's, I mean, like it's just a direct apples yeah. to apples comparison. I, it's a day or no. two off of social media isn't going to solve the problem. Like social media, like there's a deeper thing that we actually really do as a society need to figure out and advocate for. Like this is actually. So Emily knows this, we talk about we talk about this a lot at Relevant. Like there's two ways to enact change. You can either point out the problem or you can point out the solution, right? And so I'm always thinking about what's the solution. And with this situation with social media, I love highlighting Stories like what Billy's doing, it's like okay she's talking about it, you know, Selena Gomez is talking about issues of mental health and things like that let's- talk, you know let's let's platform this stuff, but what billy's solution is is not really a solution that I think is sustainable or a mass solution, right, so I'm trying to figure out. Truly, what is this mass solution that does actually address the issue that Billy's talking about, which is mental health, um, you know, uh, self, you know, self-protection and, you know, balance and, you know, you know, all the things, you know, you know what I'm saying. And I haven't really found it yet, you know, like what's the guardrails that we should be advocating for, you know, I don't know everybody's different, I guess, but
3: yeah, I I do think that conversation is happening with like the more, because I feel like every time a celebrity kind of says they're taking a break from social media, it gets more people talking about like, maybe I should take a break or like just kind of reassessing it. So I think we're slowly moving towards the point where everyone's kind of acknowledging now, okay, yeah, social media is bad. We should take breaks. But like you said, it's so like woven into our society that how do you, there's so many people that they don't know how to live without, Being on social, I mean, you know, there's even jobs that it's, their job is to be in social media. So it's like, how do they step away from it? Um, So I don't know. I don't know. Mine is. Yeah. Yeah. Like I could never take a social media break because that would be quitting my job. So like, I can't do that.
1: I hear people talking about taking a social media Sabbath, you know, like they take Sundays off, you know, and I think stuff like that is wise. I think, I think the spiritual, the spiritual concept of Sabbath is a good thing in all areas of our life, you know, Mm -hmm. rest and unplugging. Um, you know that's wise for everything I mean you know so why not apply it to social media too you know maybe we start there and see what happens but anyway alright well that'll do it for Slices stay tuned up next a much wiser person than us joins us Beth Moore don't miss it Bark. I hope I didn't do it so you're listening to Johnny the song is la 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 Well relevant has a lot happening this year and we don't want you to miss a thing. Make sure to sign up for our newsletter right there on the front page at relevantmagazine.com and we'll send you our top five trending stories into your inbox every weekday. We'll also send you a weekly uh, podcast newsletter with the latest episodes, some uh, fan extras, and first peeks at the new shows that we're going to be rolling out throughout this year. Make sure to sign up. It's the best way to keep in touch with everything we got going on. Where well, our guest today is none other than author, speaker, prolific Twitterer, (laughs) Beth Moore, who recently released her memoir called All My Knotted Up Life. Uh, We talked to her about that book and about her life story, her, I mean, I'll be honest, her crazy life story, and uh, that she opened up about really for the first time and really how she found the strength to follow God through everything she went through. Here's our conversation with Beth Moore.
3: i'd like to know first off why did you feel like now was the right time to write this found it significant
0: that at a time when i would have told you when i was 30 35 40 45 50 55 i would have thought by the time i was 65 i would be able to just sum up some things just that it would just all it will all it would all have come together it would have all gone one trajectory and and I would be able to just define it. But that is not what happened. I felt like, Emily, that what made it the perfect time to tell my story was that I had never known less about who I was and what my identity was, my place of belonging on this earth. Now, I know what my place is in Christ and my belonging in Christ. Mm-hmm. I know who I am in Jesus. But as far as this life plan this so much has gone off road that i'm just in that vehicle just jumping all over the place um my husband keith is just a a wild man just a wild man and i love a ride in the country on our our little gator do you know what one yes you're from texas Emily. i know, you know exactly what a gator, what a gator is. is okay so it's not a real alligator folks it's yeah. just it's, a, it's like a a john deere thing a green and yeah. so i just you know we've got some acres by us i love to just go riding through looking at trees and wildlife and all that kind of not Keith. Keith, we are going to hit every single bump we are going to jump up off that seat. It is going to be a wild ride from beginning to end. And then he's going to throw that thing in the park, and we're just going to stop like this. And that—that that is sort of how my life has been—is on on a gator in the woods, going through mud puddles, and then coming up upon some beautiful sight. And before I can even get my phone out to take a picture of it, we're on to the next mud puddle. <laughs>
3: That's Than me. I love that you wrote this not after you had everything figured out. I think that that is so important to remind people.
0: (laughs) Emily, I would have had things better figured out. Ask me six years ago. Ask me, (laughs) ask me 10 years ago. Oh, I could have given you, even though my past would have still been the same. And I would have so much, so many regrets of decisions I'd made and all of those things. I would have still, it would have still been fairly like this is who I was and who I still am and then it was like wait and so I thought you know isn't that the way that it really is though Mm -hmm. that we think it's all going to look so so perfectly ordered and instead it's recognizing that the Holy Spirit has hovered over the chaos just like he did in Genesis 1
3: I just remember thinking like I'm so glad that there are people like Beth Moore who are standing up saying these things like I wish more people would you know like you really were like just a hero of the faith for like you so many of my so friends you so
0: kind to say that you know Nothing feels heroic, and you don't see when you look in the mirror. You don't see might. Um, what you see is like, uh, like I, I had someone. I ran into someone at the airport. I don't think I've told this in in one of the interviews. No, I haven't. Um, So I'll share it with with you. I ran into someone at an airport. I hope she hears this because it meant so much to me. And she was in her late 30s, early 40s. And she had um, very much not been a fan. Very much not. And then she said, Beth, I then watched the scathing. And she said, and then I started doing a little bit of research of my own. And she said, long story short, she said, the Lord called me to get a theological degree. So she was in seminary at the time. And uh, she just said, I just want to tell you that I was wrong about you. And I don't I don't I don't know if she (laughs) she may not have been nearly wrong about me. She thought I don't know exactly what she meant when she said that. But what she said, she looked at me and she said, we have all all watched you. And she said, Beth, uh, you landed, I almost can't tell you this without without wanting to cry about it. She said, Beth, you landed on your feet. Mm -hmm. And Emily, I I could not quit thinking about it for days because I looked at her. I'm sure I looked confused because I, I looked at her and if I said, I can't remember even what I said now, this wasn't very long ago, but if I said what I was thinking, it was like, I did. Because what I feel like is that most of my bones are broken from the top of my head to to all those bones that we have in our feet. And y'all feel battered and beaten up. But I thought, well, maybe, maybe I did. And maybe that's what was the best part of writing the memoir, was looking to see, you know what, Beth? Satan meant to absolutely destroy you. And some of your fellow brothers and sisters meant to you as well. And Satan will also want to destroy you and your colleagues that love Jesus and all of all of those that serve him. And there will be times when you'll think they did. They, they did. They got away with it. They got their hit. But maybe you'll realize, looking back over it, good heavens, maybe even with all these broken bones, I did land on my feet and if so it was the hand of God that called me
3: what encouragement would you like to give the next generation of believers that are listening to this
0: I want them To be able to distinguish between what Christianity can look like on people, because all of us will let them down, and who Christ is. I just want to say over and over again, get to know Christ. And I say this to someone, I say this to a servant, you better know the gospel. You better know Jesus, that we have to be able to distinguish, especially in this culture, especially in American Christianity, we have to be able to distinguish between what looks to be pro-Christian and what is actually Christ-like. That we would we don't ever use unchrist-like means to get pro-Christian results. So there, that has to be distinguished between. But what we must trust him to do is that very often growing looks like shrinking. And very often he's pruning back branches so that they will grow. And we just, we have been trained to think that numbers and success and, uh, oh, I know what I want to say, winning, winning are signs that God is pleased. And We have lost touch with what Christ-likeness looks like in the Gospel. Go back for crying out loud to the Sermon on the Mount. But that's what I would want to say is you've got to be able to distinguish between those two things. And once you can, once you you get to where you can distinguish between what is Christ-like and then what is just in our culture pro-Christian. Then you're going to find that there are a whole lot of people that are pursuing Jesus than you might have thought. You sort of get your, you sort of get that back because you quit associating it with the world and you start looking at the margins. Do you know how many people are out there today? you you will never ever see on a screen that are just serving the poor, that are just helping a woman um, find a safe place for her and her child that are that are helping somebody out that is just not going to make it through their sickness and it is so so much of the work of jesus is happening but we associated it with what we see on a platform and in here with a loud volume and it's just two completely different things
1: That was Beth Moore. Make sure to check out her new memoir, All My Knotted Up Life. It's out now.
3: and if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.
1: ba 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 Okay. I had mentioned at the beginning of the show, we have a new little game, new little segment. It's called That's Debatable. You know, just we like to argue. <laughs> That's all. That's it. That's the premise of the show. We like to argue. Uh, basically, I am going to pose a question or a topic to Emily and Jesse, and they're going to hash it out. That's it. They're going to hash it out. They're going to debate it. We're going to come to a conclusion, a consensus. And there we go. And we're going to move on. All right. First topic. I'm. It's a royal rumble. I'm just throwing it to the floor. Here it is. Okay. Is the Simpsons better than South Park?
2: Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, that's fine. If that's the, be, end, be, that's the end of the debate that's the, good. No, 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 no. <laughs> there would be no Simpsons. There would be no South Park without the Simpsons. For one, mm. uh, 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 two. I and listen. I don't. I, I think South Park is very adept at what it does, right? Which is, um, you know, very in the moment, cultural and social satire, yeah. okay? And it can offer commentary extremely quickly on, on things that are, and it's usually pretty sharp commentary. But the, the Simpsons can also do that, but they, they're multi-layered. Like, if you watch episodes of Simpsons, Simpsons has more heart than you probably realize. Oh, absolutely. Like, it, it, you know what I mean? Like, there, there's real emotional depth to the characters where that sh- literally... South Park is drawn in, like, this weird kind of 2D animation, and the characters are meant to do have 2D. Literally, the same character dies every episode, <laughs> and there are, there are no emotional stakes in South Park. It is all humor, commentary, and satire, which is great but but the Simpson's is much deeper, much better.
1: Should lip-syncing during concerts be prohibited?
3: I think it depends on the artist cuz like if I'm going to see someone like Adele, who it's like I'm going to hear her voice, I don't want to hear a track. Like she so she can't use a lip-sync. But like someone else who maybe they have like this big production for the show and they're like running around on stage dancing or like there's just there's a lot going on it's like i'm going more for the production so it's okay if you kind of cheat on the sound and use a track that's how i feel
2: real quick real quick i'll say maybe if you live in like north korea but this america we're free baby we can lip sync all we want doesn't matter if i'm on the street or in a concert don't tread on me is
1: the lion king the best animated movie of the 1990s
3: what are the contenders for all of the
1: earlier. animated movies of the 1990s?
3: I know, but
2: I'm, i dude, I stand for, I stand for Goofy movie. Uh, again, you know what? Got some real emotional. Cohen that's and I watched one. that a few months ago, and I completely father, agree with
1: you, dude. It is an emotional movie,
2: it is great. It, that's what I'm saying. Flying, well, they're both fathers, they both have strong father son plots. Yeah, yeah but Lion King's a little overrated, you know, g- g- like it.
3: Now I I'll tell you say this: that. They're both yeah, father's sons.
1: Hey, hey, they're both father's son. One of them, father's still alive at the end. So let's go with the one where the dad lives. Okay.
2: L- okay. I, generally, when a loved one is stamp- stampeded by a herd of hyenas, <laughs> it's, 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 it's coming a little hot. You know, it's 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 you got to prepare yourself for that. You know. Yeah.
3: I wouldn't say Lion King's overrated, but it's rightly rated. That's just to say that.
1: Is Justin Bieber the Elvis of our time?
3: Absolutely not. Absolutely not.
1: You don't think he'll be remembered that way? In what way? No. You think he's a flash in the pan? You don't think he'll be revered by his Bieber fans 20 years from now, the way Elvis fans still love
3: him or loved him? Maybe. I guess I'm thinking more of the talent part.
2: Well, see, I don't... Guys, Elvis is not... When you say revered, by whom? Like, he's a joke. You know what I mean? Like, Elvis is... I'm I'm serious. Like, it's impersonators and jumpsuits and, like, corny music and corny movies. I, I don't... I feel like his contribution to like pop culture was significant because he was such like an like just a ever present figure. But I feel like his contribution to to music and art not that great. I don't know if you sure. listen to Elvis music, it's like, I don't know if this holds up, you know?
3: That is the hottest take I've ever heard.
1: <laughs> is being a YouTuber a real job?
2: Look man, if it's Pays the pulling bills. down some, some coin, why not?
3: If you had asked me I ten feel. years ago, I would have said I don't think so. But I think it's evolved so much that I would say it is a real job. Now, is it a hard job? That's a different question. Um, I think you can make a career out of being a YouTuber. I don't really believe any of these YouTubers when they say that their job is the hardest one on the planet. And that's my stance.
1: Wait, who says that? (laughs) What YouTuber says is the hardest job on the planet? Oh, there's
3: so many that are like, they'll defend like, I work so much and I'm so stressed out and all like, They will talk about how stressful their job is and like how hard they're like, there was one, a couple, she does TikTok and YouTube, but like she made this, she was talking about like all these stuff she had to record. And she was like, imagine how tired I am doing this all day. And people were like, you recorded videos all day? Like in your, like you're talking to people who are like nurses and teachers and like, it was just, she was like elevating it as if she had this like insanely stressful job. And no one could understand the stress. And it was like, eh, let's, let's tam it down a bit. Yeah. Like, it's not that hard. Yeah,
1: Could Jack have fit on the door with Rose and Titanic?
2: Listen, I'm, I'm not a physics major. Okay. But I do live at the, at the beach and I spent quite a, especially in high school, a lot of time on a surfboard. Okay. And that's about, that's about a third the size of the door. You could comfortably fit two people. Rose they, they knew each other for like a day, okay? <laughs> re, re, watch that back. This wasn't the, the, like, they make it like this epic love story. They knew each other for hours at that point. But she I'm was not naked I blame in front her. of
1: him. They had an intimate relationship.
2: Like I said, they, they knew each other for about, what, 12 hours. <laughs> she felt like she needed that door, even though he could have easily fit. I'm not blaming her, but obviously that thing was way bigger than like a canoe.
1: Has Tom Cruise last question has Tom Cruise ruined Scientology's image?
3: I think Scientology ruined Scientology's
2: image. Yeah, I agree with that. That's pretty good. I think Elron I think L. Ron Hubbard did a pretty good job of that when he invented it. <laughs> That'll do it
1: for the debut of That's debatable. Cool. I like that. That's good. That was fun. Little twist on on some of our games. Well, before we wrap things up, I want to thank Beth Moore for joining us. Make sure to check out her new memoir. It's called All My Knotted Up Life. It's out now. Well, at the beginning of the show, I told you that here at the end, I had some news for you. And as a little perk, as a little bonus for those of you who stuck around to the end, I'm going to let you in on a little behind the scenes insider info. How's that for you? Well, today, the show comes out uh, Tuesday, And the insider info, sneak peek, first info, you guys get to know tomorrow, March 15th, our spring issue launches. Uh, Michael B. Jordan is the cover story. It is a packed issue. We have stories uh, from the front lines of the Asbury outpouring. We were on set at the shocking, shockingly successful Christian movie, the Jesus revolution. It's made $40 million and counting so far. Um, we have stories with fits in the tantrums, Anna of the North Otis Royal, uh, house fires, uh, Beth Moore opened up about her amazing memoir and story, uh, and a lot more actually, we'll tell you all about it on Friday's show, but I just want to tell you guys a little bit, a little sneak peek, you know, You know, check your inboxes if you uh, are part of our email list. We're going to send you an announcement, um, you know, uh, the cover and all the links so you can go check it out. And if you're a Relevant Plus subscriber, your beautifully designed ad free enhanced edition, tablet edition, uh, you'll get an email about that as well where you can uh, log in and get that uh, starting tomorrow, March 15th. So there you go. A A little insider info, a little scoop. First to know. Okay. On that note, we will wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Emily Brown. And we will see you on Friday. Have a great week, everyone.
0: Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast.
2: I've had no negative consequences for the beef jerky.
0: Relevant podcast network.
2: What's
1: so special about hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas. Hero bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to 11 grams of protein and high fiber in every delicious serving made with natural ingredients. Hero bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar.